Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey guys. What? I had... What? I had a great, great time with you guys this weekend. I yeah. Really, I had a good time too. It was I excellent. had a great time with I mean, you guys. I'm totally fried from it. But, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'm pretty burnt. I did enjoy the entire thing. <laughs> I think everybody thinks we went and partied our asses oh, off. I know. Everybody <laughs> asked me that. Everyone's like, oh, you, you not feel good because you're uh, partied yeah. up there. Huh? I'm like, uh, yeah, if you if you consider uh, working <laughs> from like 8 a.m. all the way till midnight every day. <laughs> if you consider lots of gay sex partying, oh, yeah. then yeah. No, we were uh, we worked the entire time. First of all, I'd like to say something about Reno. A little shout out to Reno. Uh, <laughs> Vegas's ugly... Uh, step, step cousin, dirty step, yeah, child. dirty step cousin. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't see much of that. We, 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 you know, we literally went to the room and stayed in the room the entire time. Well, you locked well, it down. The the one time we tried to walk outside, your pussy ass was ready to go back in. <laughs> in it's so cold out here. It's so cold. My it's nipples, tingly in my balls. My nipples. Oh my god. <laughs> my hairy nipples. Was sucking up into my stomach. <laughs> wait, wait oh. a minute. I was really. Co- I wasn't complaining about my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> The rest of me's fine, guys. You wanted me it's to just, hug you. It's just my nipples. Time. My nipples Dude, are freezing. I trimmed. It's because I was not like I that. I trimmed buddy. my nipple hair this week. I'm it's so cold. It's because I was I was sick. I mean, like, you I know, friction or what? That's now, a, now you're cold, aren't you? I know. I, I was talking shit. Now I now I you get, caught my yeah, thing. Whatever yeah, I had. See, no. I think you guys slipped away when I wasn't watching and gave each other scabies. <laughs> no, is that what happened? No, he already oh, had that. Okay, fine. No, you guys got sick and I did it. Well, so here's what happens. We on the way there we're driving what is it a four-hour drive yeah about that it's it was probably in my entire life i first of all i hate driving in cars i just hate it's fucking boring can't stand it yeah uh anything longer than 30 minutes i'll fall asleep anybody who knows me will vouch for this i do not stay awake in the car i hate it so bad i just fall asleep to get it over with that was the fastest four-hour drive of in my life both directions there was there was not a lull in conversation like almost the entire trip. No, on the way yeah. there, we were on fire. Yeah. Poor Doug is in the back. He has arthritis now. He was writing so many, so much <laughs> shit while we were talking. Which yeah. explain, notes. explains the note picture Carpal that you posted tunnel, on Instagram. That <laughs> by, oh by the second day, his unreadable, his, yeah, his, unlegible. His handwriting was just <laughs> was literally like fourth grade cursive. Yeah, yeah. Like. Now he, he really looks like an eagle. Now he's got the eagle claw hand and everything. Yeah. But he was he was taking notes in the back. We were he used on fire. Your raptor grip. It was a it was an explosion of creation. It was it was creativity all over your face. You know what I'm saying? Oh. It was big hard creativity. It was just like a all over your splatter face. of Well, <laughs> let's let's be honest here. Creativity we, right all over We my took forehead. creativity. Oh. We, got, we made it big yeah. and then we put it up inside you, Adam. When, and you felt it. You felt glowing. that creativity. We this was yeah. the first time that you we ran with it. We have had uh more than what? 3, <laughs> three hours. <laughs> 3 hours together that we actually and normally when we get together we're we're covering what, what events that are coming up or stuff that uh content that we got to get together blah 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 yeah and a lot of other work that we do is solo you know this guy works on this this guy works on that everyone's kind of doing their own thing 
uh, towards the ultimate goal and vision. But uh, we have yet to treat this like a real job or business. This is the we- first time that yeah. we all collectively sat down and we're like, okay, we're working on this one thing right now. Right. Ready, so, set, go. Were, were, you, like, were you nervous, Doug? When you Were you nervous at all uh, with that? Because this is the first time uh, getting together to actually work like that. What do you think? Yeah, I was a bit nervous. And the reason is you guys like to have a good time, right? Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to Reno. The original idea was to go out into the woods someplace mm-hmm. and, and buckle down. And now we're in Reno. We're staying at a casino. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, we're probably not going to get a whole lot of work done here this week uh, weekend because <laughs> these guys are gonna, these guys are just going to egg each other on. And the next thing you know, we're going to be down in the casino. We're going to oh, be drinking. Yeah. We're going to be dancing. The whole thing. And, yeah. Yeah. And so when these guys buckled down, nightclub DJs, and got to work, I was very impressed. Yeah. Was it, what was it like? Because you were taking, I mean, you were taking a lot of notes, recording a lot of our collaboration. I felt like, um, I felt like it was, uh, I, you know, we talk about the creativity explosion. We were on fire. The time flew. We literally sat in the room for, what was it, 10 hours in a row. Nobody moved and we just wrote shit and, and processed things and designed things. And I don't, I, I can't go into too much detail because it's a surprise, but, uh, it was uh, it was crazy. It was it, it felt like we were all uh, like our souls were connected. No, it felt it felt pretty amazing. What was it like? Why, I mean, were we just was it as crazy as, as I felt like it was? It was. It was like a, a ping pong game, mm-hmm. one of those Chinese ones, though. The oh, ball's going. Uh, bing, 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 we were bing. slamming it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just going forth. back and yeah. forth, and uh, yeah, this sounds good. Well, at one no, point no, no, we were speaking it's... a different language, right, Doug? Pretty we much. We were all kind of like going back and forth with all these terms and. We well, every, every now and then, like like every couple hours or so, we'd get on a really good roll, and the energy would flow, and then all of a sudden, Doug would stand up and be like, "Oh, oh!" And you could just see the energy, in, <laughs> and he'd have like the, he'd have like this idea, and he'd like forget the idea like halfway through oh, to yeah. explain what the idea was. Uh, yeah, was write so, it down. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, let's do this. Yeah. He was so excited. It was, um, and we we uh, were able to really collectively access some of our most advanced fitness knowledge. Yeah. You know, the kind of knowledge that if we were to explain it on the show would bore 99% of you. Oh my God. Yeah. But that we love, right? And so we're going over this and we're putting things together and we're really accessing our experience and our knowledge in fitness in such From a way. From every that- angle that we possibly could have thought of. And then it's, there's subtle moments of it and then there's obvious oh, ones. Dude, it and was it's so just awesome. like, it, it, it makes so much sense. There was this clarity that about, Everything that we were doing that was just like fantastic, and it wasn't the drugs; it yeah. was totally just the normal. Totally wasn't the heroin. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't any of that. Stuff. That would have put me Dude, to sleep. Why do you keep going? Your go-to is the I heroin. don't know. I just feel like <laughs> that's my guy. I feel like one day I'm gonna, I'm gonna come here one day and bring this up. Just all like, like just, hey, look what I brought uh, you, bro. Heroin. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've been saying it all these times. Can we, can we progress to that, bro? You just what go I, right. I don't know anything else. What am I saying? You go from like drug free to like heroin. Right to the top. Right to the top. Whatever happened to crack? I don't know. I'll start saying morphine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I just, I'm going to go there. But it was, um, and then the other thing too is, you know, we were sitting down the whole time while we're talking and a lot of times we'd stand up because we get so excited, but you don't realize how much energy you put out when you do something like that. Like if you're listening right now and you can think of a, a time when you just had these explosion of ideas and you had to get it down on paper, you had to get it out and it was just like a, like a machine gun. Like you couldn't stop it until it stopped itself. You don't feel any fatigue. You don't feel anything until you're done. And then all of a sudden, you're like, holy shit, I'm exhausted. Oh, I didn't realize how exhausted we were until we were. Now, when we were driving home, so funny story, we're driving home 
and there's still leftover energy. So for the first like hour or so, and then finally like the first bit of silence, and then we played music. We hadn't played music. Yeah, the then whole we had time. some fun with some music. Yeah, then we went. You know, I actually played all those. That tunes. actually was really fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was. I enjoyed that. Yeah, we we all re- well. We, okay, so we watched uh, one night. We watched straight out of Compton. That so was we, our only break. Yeah. So we, well, it yeah. wasn't a break. It was midnight. Yeah, it was midnight. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, midnight to two. Let's go ahead and just chill. We've been going hard all day and getting room service I, so we, we don't leave. Yeah. Saturday, we got up by 7 a.m., showered, 8 a.m., breakfast served to the room. Or no, we went, to, we went and grabbed breakfast, and then we were working from then on out. Midnight, we took our first break to watch yeah. Straight Outta Compton. Straight Outta Compton, phenomenal movie. Oh, great movie. Um, and of course, movie. got us all yeah. fired up. Oh, pumped uh, up. Just because those guys in there, they're, they were part of a, a movement whether it, uh, it was the hip-hop movement but they were part of that or gangster rap i should say yeah. they weren't part of, they were part of the hip-hop we're part movement. of the gangster fitness movement <laughs> gangster, gangster fitness, fitness. <laughs> but uh you know then i, I, no, I guess we don't have cred i felt like that kind of uh kicked off our whole 90s feel like so we were playing all our 90s music that we liked and we started with some dre and some old stuff and transitioned into rock of course since that's kind of all of our baby but uh, rocked out for like the entire way. I, home. I squeezed. But everybody was tired. We were getting I think down we were, with some gangster rap for quite a while. There, we were, though. we were, we were yeah. getting down with some stuff. I, I felt like uh, when I got home too, I was just, I was so excited to tell Katrina. I kept telling her because she was, she was this. I, you know, I was terrible. This is how bad I am. I didn't text her at all until the second day, <laughs> and she sends me a text like, "Hey, it's okay if you call me." And so <laughs> I called her and I said, "I'm sorry, honey." Oh, and she's like, "I know, I know what you're doing. I know you're working out there. I know you love doing that stuff, and you guys hadn't had a chance to do that." I said, "Yeah, I can't wait to come home and tell you." And I get home. And I'm so exhausted. She's like, "So how was it?" I'm like, "Oh, it was good." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so tired. I was like, I just Dude, and I didn't I feel know. good. Same, I was like, I just gotta here. go to bed and sleep. Well, up. I gotta say this too. The by what was it like by 1 a.m. the first night. Um, so my kids the the previous week had this stomach virus that's going around the school. And if you're you know, kids just get sick all the time. They bring that shit home. So I was like, I hope I don't get it. And I didn't get it until we that day. And it must have been because we were working so hard. And then it hit me that night. And then the next day I was sick. Um, and it was, I was feeling shitty, man. I had a fever. I was just feeling crappy, but still I was so energized to do this work. And you guys are so fucking cool. Let me tell you what these guys did. Okay. I'm feeling like shit. These guys go all the way to Whole Foods. Where the fuck did you find a Whole Foods in Reno? Whole Foods, get me probiotics. Get me some freaking kombucha. Just hook me up, dude. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You got your gotcha. back, son. Yeah. And then you gave me the stomach virus. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> Thanks for helping me out. No, you can yeah. have it, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Swap and spit. Mm, that was a good one. Yeah. But um, uh, it, it was it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Um, Adam ate a lot of sugar. That was one yeah. thing that happened. Yeah, he he found out how... <laughs> I have never witnessed wow, in my he life... He loves that candy. Bro, I have never... And I know you don't eat like that ever. No, no. But... Y- I've never in my life seen anybody eat that level of sugar, it, like that much in such a short period of time. Like you smashed like two pieces of the cheesecake, and the cheesecake were those was like it was probably like a pound of cheesecake, and then you ate a whole package of red vines that I bought for you. Yeah. Oh my and god. Then- <laughs> And he was he, making up because we didn't eat like scheduled meals. Yes. There was like one big meal, yeah. and then like and I was like, "Dude, I gotta just keep eating." And well, so no, you just grab shit. I think so, you just needed brain fuel. Well, actually, yeah, this exactly. is this is kind of a neat because we haven't spent this much time. Dude. This is gives you guys. We've talked about this on the radio show, but this is the exact reason why separating meals actually works very well for me. Is it controls me. 
And even though, even though I don't do it all the time and I do a lot of fasting and two meal days, three meals a day, but when I'm on a schedule routine and I have it weighed and measured and just the right amount of food that I need to intake and I'm just constantly feeding myself every few hours, yeah. I stay in good control. But I am just, I'll be the first one to admit if I got shit in my house that's not good for me, I will fucking eat it. I will eat it. I will eat the chips. I'll eat the candy. I'll but you like it. real candy. Like you're not you're not into like oh I'm gonna get that fancy. You're like I'm gonna get what were those things called? <laughs> what were those <laughs> those freaking sugar discs? Uh, oh, the Necos. Necos, bro. Well, I go to the. That's can- like the first candy I've ever invented. I I revert back to the candy that I had as a kid because I'm not a big candy eater. And, they, and and to to the to the you know I'll I'll give them some props. It's pretty delicious. Mm-hmm. I did have a couple. They were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sugar. Disc, sugar discs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sugar discs. And you just you just smash a little yeah. bit of those. Reminds and... me of one of those like you know salt licks that cows have, but it was sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it honestly, I that's uh, I you know, and that's advice to some people that are listening right now. I don't know uh, how you set yourself up at your house, but for me, if I if it's not in your house. Uh, I, I'm good. That's man. a big. That's I, a big key. But if it's in the house, I mean, that just. I'm a fitness guy. I mean, this is my life. The shit. That's my profession right now. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do. And even I will completely give in if it's in my home. Like, but it, but I also I also think part of it was is this because because none of us did anything fitness over the weekend. Yeah, like yeah. we were not fitness professionals at all over the weekend. No <laughs> workout, no activity, no room service for all our meals because we were so focused. Well, we were on one though, right? Yeah. We were so focused that we just forgot about everything. I didn't even think about anything. Trigger session, nothing. Nobody did anything. Yeah. Well, you know, you know and then I think that there's that's the extreme of one side of us and that uh you know you gotta have balance i mean we're we're seven days a week the fitness gym guys doing that stuff all the time and you know i knew we went up to this trip and and for me the number one focus had to been doing what we were doing which was ripping out content putting our minds together getting our programs all done and and getting getting that situated now if we would have went up there, I mean, I would have had a great time taking you guys to the gym and working out and doing. If the our- goal was just to go hang out, yeah, the goal was to do that. Yeah. But you know, I and I felt like you know what, I did not want to do that unless I absolutely needed a break from what we were doing. And you know, God, we were just once we got on a roll, I didn't want to stop doing. I it. think it was one point. Uh, I don't know. It was maybe I don't remember who it was. We had been working, and it was like ten o'clock at night, and. I think maybe Doug said something like, hey, if you got, you know what, I'm going to grab this thing here. I'm going to, he was looking up something on the computer for us. If you guys want to take a quick break, and we're like, no. It was like, no, we're not going anywhere. We want to stay right here yeah. and keep going. So good times, man. We got to do that again. Yeah, hopefully more often. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. obviously, we might after die. We recover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, th- I was dumb today. You- I'm not going <laughs> to lie with my clients. I'm oh. like, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. You know, it's funny you noticed that. I was all over the place today. Yeah, like it was just like I was saying things and I'm like, Put, I'm putting words. I mean, I'm already bad enough as it is where oh. I make words up or I just skip them in sentences <laughs> and I blend them together. I mean, today yeah, it was just speed up. Your, oh, I had it like three words. times in class. I just had to stop. I had, I'd apologize. Every, I'm sorry. I'm just not myself today, you guys. So I'm just making shit up as we go here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, searching for like equipment all over the gym. I couldn't find it. And I'm like, <laughs> I've been here forever. I know where everything is. <laughs> no. What the hell's wrong with me? Oh my god! Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, no, I was. Um, how was I today? It was, I was awesome. I uh, I was okay. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I only yeah. trained a few clients, and so then I went to go work out. My workout was all right. I guess it was okay. Mine, halfway halfway through, I felt a little better. Yeah, mine was weak. You, oh, I you, still did it. You trained today too. Yeah. What'd you hit? I hit uh, some functional stuff. Yeah, Your favorite. Boot. Your favorite. 
so strong. Did you? Is that the video? Functional. Is that the video you posted today of using the mace? Yeah, I did the mace bell today. How do you incorporate mace into your training? Mace bell, (laughs) not mace. Yeah, I spray my face with mace and just piss myself off. Yeah, like um, there's a couple different moves, and I didn't show the other moves. I'll probably show later, but like. uh, it, it, there's there's a lot of ways that you can you can incorporate power you can incorporate it with um, strength moves like I'll do like you know total body exercise with it that's uh, there's an awesome move you can do with total body you can do it for conditioning uh, so I was using it kind of a blend of of like a complex I was doing kind of a, a like a flow pattern that, that had a bit of conditioning element to it so um, I used it for that and then just just basically to get overall range of motion and, and work um, just movement wise. Like my whole plan today was to get like good movement in because we were so stationary yeah. seated yeah. and then seated in the car. So I was just opening everything up. And so I was using the stick mobility alongside that. And then, you know, the Indian clubs, I was getting nice rotation out of my shoulders. I was getting rotation on my hips. So I was, you know, opening up, you know, the anterior line, everything. So now, yeah, I feel a lot better. Norm- normally you wouldn't do that on a, a maps foundational day. You do that on a maps mobility day is what you would normally do that on, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah. <laughs> you mean a trigger session day? Trigger session. <laughs> you know, bro, we have to edit some of that shit. <laughs> Hold on a second. So yeah. uh, for the listeners who who don't know what a mace, what's called, is it called just a mace? Mace bell. It's a mace bell. Yeah. It's like a it's like a barbell, but there's a big round weight on one end and the other end has no weight. Right. You're right. It almost looks like the, it's yeah, like a long like a cannonball stick. at the end, uh, but it's a long stick. Yeah. Mm. So um, you, you can swing it around uh, and there's specific moves you can do with that. It's kind of like... If you're familiar with kettlebells, like they do a move called like a halo, mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of mimic that with the stick. Um, and it, this is an old um, technique where you kind of uh, use momentum uh, to where you know your limbs are close, but um, it, it's really like your your core is working overtime to stabilize you as you know the pendulum is sort of and the momentum is is building with the exercise. So. Yeah, mace bells are much older than dumbbells, I believe. Right, mm. they've been around for a long time. I th- I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think I think that's true. Yeah, it was is is pretty ancient uh, practice. It's just one of those things, you know. If you're tr- if you're constantly training with, uh, you know, particular types of equipment, even if you modify and change your routine and workouts, your body after, over the years will get ad- just even just get adapted to the feel of the equipment that yeah. you use. And a mace bell, it's like how often do you get a barbell with weight on one side? Don't you find it kind of funny how? Uh, stuff like this that's so ancient and old like how how fucking solid it is compared to like some of the shit that we see in the instagram and gyms now it's like you know you'll you'll never see someone do a mace bell but you'll see someone do a side fucking chest press on the hammer strength machine you know what i'm saying like yeah it blows my mind how many great great movements great exercises great tools that were from from way way back when and then all of a sudden it's been lost in this all this crap in the in this bodybuilding smart people you know they they come back to those things and they and they they give them new life and uh, uh the thing that i like about it too is it's using the mace belt it feels like weapons training you know on some level uh because if you think about swinging around i mean it's almost like a bludgeoning tool i mean same mm-hmm. thing with the indian clubs it's just like um it's this movement that um is real unique but like your your body is very it's very natural it's a very natural range of motion. Well, what you got to keep in mind, you know, you, you brought up, you know, uh, you know, these ancient tools. What you have to keep in mind is the lifestyle 
um, and the ideal that existed uh, back then um, was very different than today. You know, like the 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 lifestyle that a man um, had in those days required you to be fit. Your mm-hmm. life, your life required you to be fit. Yeah, because you got to pick up heavy shit. You had to go kill big you things. Work. You had to s- slaughter big things. You had you to gotta drag big heavy e- things. Exactly, and and you know, guys cut gotta, your own food, grind it. Yeah. You know, that's prepare it. it. And if you weren't fit, you were dead. You know what uh, I mean? You exactly. were you were you were nothing. So so the way they trained reflected that for those people that did train. And then those athletes in those days, because in those days they did they had athletes. Shit, they had athletes in, in ancient Greece, obviously the origins of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. They um it was all about function. Now they did, of course, uh the Greeks in particular uh definitely idolized a, a, a symmetrical type of beauty. But even if you look at their statues, they don't they look muscular but, and but impressive, was, but they don't look like bodybuilders. Right. They don't have you know, super tiny waist, wide shoulders, big old, you know, balloon chest. They looked like they could fuck shit up. Well, you know each what I'm one of their muscles contributed, you know, it had a purpose to it. That's right? right. We're not we're not silencing the signal to any muscle. I'm not trying to not uh, develop a muscle because, oh, I don't want to look that way. You know, it was all about developing the entire body to produce you know, uh, movement, maximal, yeah, maximize all movement and mm-hmm. and work synergistically, right? Versus everything's working together to produce, you know, the optimal form of function. It's um, and this is, I mean, this is what they, this was their life, right? You know, so that's the way they train. And even if you go back not that long ago, I mean, it was a long time ago, but we're, we were talking, you know, ancient Greece. Even if you go back to the strongmen of the, you know, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, um, still in those days, you you were physical. When you did shit, you had to be physical. You had to be fit uh, just to you know live in society. Um, the way that the strong men trained in those days uh, was it was reflective of that as well. It was all about function. It was all about what I can do, not how I look. Of course, the side effect of training in order to do more shit was they looked <clears throat> impressive. They looked very impressive. And you got to keep in mind this was before the advent of protein powder. It was before creatine. It was before you know, uh, body part splits. It was before the pump. It was before knowing any of the shit. It was, uh, I do this exercise. It makes me stronger here. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep doing this. This exercise, I noticed nothing from it. You know, I'm never going to do that one again. Um, and if you look at some of the strength feats of these of these strong men from back then, many of these men were 180, 200 pounds. They weren't huge by anybody, you know, by crazy standards. Mm-hmm. But the lifts that they did, were ridiculous. Like I don't, I don't know what the exact num- numbers are, but like Arthur Saxon could bent press like a ridiculous amount of weight, and it's this odd lift that nobody really does right. today. Bent and then yeah, it's almost like it reminds me of like when they were lifting uh, uh, like a bench overhead with people sitting on it. Yeah, and you right? see these old pictures like, of them doing those, yep. those those examples. Like these were these were people who were um, just you know solid you know muscles made out of cable. You know they were they were made out of cable and steel. It wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, uh, you know it had nothing to do with how they looked. The way they looked was a, was a side effect of right. what they could do. Exactly, exactly. which it's is a byproduct. Awesome. It's well, a byproduct. Let's talk about the evolution. What do you think? Why do you think that is? Why do you think we went from that to this extreme where we're at now? Like what took us here? Society um, society changed, dude. Yeah, it became less. 
you know, bigger, first, stronger, faster. I mean, <laughs> that's my opinion. Like people wanted to to um, exaggerate, you know, these features. I I feel like shit. They, well, even before that, right? So we had this, we had this time, okay, back in ancient times where you, you trained to perform better, to perform better. To to it wasn't about you looked you your body needed to work synergistically you needed to be strong you needed to be powerful these you need to be functional these things were super important to that to that the modern ancient or the ancient man right mm-hmm. and then we have this time and, and that and that way of training or taking care of the body um, was never glamorized it was something that you needed to do for survival well, and it was there for well, that reason and then we go for I don't know what maybe a few hundred years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, maybe the 60s, 70s come along, you know, with 50s, you get bodybuilding where it comes kind of a sport a little bit. Well, you got to think about it this way. The way you look, uh, the reason why uh, I mean, I'm speaking from uh, a male's perspective. OK, the reason why uh, women find men who are muscular attractive just from a physical standpoint is because it represents what they can do. They might not realize it. They're not thinking to themselves, I'm attracted to that muscular guy because it looks like he can lift a lot and defend himself and protect me. Mm. They're not thinking that because in today's society, you know, you don't need that. Right. They're thinking he looks sexy, but the, why does she find him sexy or attractive? It's because uh, historically that meant he could do shit. Right. That meant or he, he could dominate. a great warrior or, you know, he was or strong. something. Yeah. You know, he could lift shit. He could yeah. kill shit. He could protect me. Right. And so that's, that's, that was the difference. So when, when society changed to when it didn't matter anymore, nobody could see what you could do. Um, it just became about how you looked. And then of course, Hollywood glamorized certain things. You had judges and competitions that were, the original bodybuilding, I don't know if you knew this, Adam, but the original bodybuilding shows, they didn't, they were, they weren't just like flexing. You had to do a strength feat, and you did posing. It was both. Yeah. It wasn't until later where they, I think it was the 90, I want to say the 40s, maybe were the first bodybuilding shows. I, I, you know, if I'm if I'm wrong, I, I for, please forgive me. But it was maybe in the 40s, maybe the 50s, where they were most bodybuilding shows. Then were based upon you know how you looked. But before that, but when the original bodybuilding shows, it was about you know a, a strength feat, whether it be a gymnastic feet or lifting something really heavy or you know you're with your partner and you guys are balancing on each other's you know hands like gymnasts or whatever you know it, that's that was what the shows were all about hmm. um i got a quote i just pulled up right here i this is one of my favorite quotes of all time and it was by socrates okay this is an ancient quote this is from you know probably 400 bc no man has the right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training it is a shame for a man to grow old Without seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable, that's a powerful, yeah. powerful quote. But n- notice what that he hits says me here. In the loins. But but notice what he says here. It is a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength, not of which how he looks, of which his body is capable. Right. It's all about what it could do. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And um and and I think. And hey, I hate to say it, guys. You know, I'm not going to rag on. Look, I'm not going to rag on CrossFit right now. But I, I, what I will say this: they are a direct result of fitness becoming 100% focused on cosmetic. And CrossFit was the backlash. Now, yeah. the way they did it, mm, we disagree with. Obviously, the right. way they handle it, but that's a direct result, right? It's all yeah. about. Perform- they're they're more about performance. Right. It was fa- like a revolt you, from from you, the bodybuilding. As you say, you fast forward yeah. it. You fast forwarded on me right there because I feel like, like you were starting to talk about the evolution from the forties, fifties. You we lost. Oh, you want to know where it went? Yeah. Then then we, from there we go forties, fifties. We now we eliminate 
a strength feat plus the body. Now we're looking just looks, and then uh, then we go into the Arnold era, which it becomes this sculpting thing, and it's right. you know, and right. he even even Arnold talks about it. You know, it's the the like an artist. You know, like he's putting on pieces of muscle on his body like clay. And- it became about how you. Uh, it became about how you look. Yes. Yeah. Now the thing about the training back then, I will say this though. The bodybuilders in those days, a lot of them worked out together. Well, this is where I'm getting. It's still, it, we still have some great movements. Yeah. We still got some great still strength focus. There is. There's some know, great compound the lifting. Yeah. As a still- matter of fact, Arnold, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the king bodybuilder at the time, and many who trained at that time, all trained specifically for function and strength for cycles of time. And they said it contributed very, you know, they they, they said it contributed the way their bodies looked. Mm. But there was also a component of their pride in the fact that they could do shit for uncle colombo who was arnold schwarzenegger's uh uh, training partner for the longest time you know he was his main training partner for uncle colombo is known for being one of the strongest bodybuilders of all time Mm -hmm. um he was uh that's what he was really known for most people who know franco colombo a lot of them don't even know he won mr olympia i think once or twice they're, they know him because, oh, Franco, yeah, he's the guy that was stronger than Arnold that was really yeah. small, but he could deadlift the car and all that kind of shit. So it went from there, but then it started to, you know, and I think part of it has to do with, uh, you know, the performance-enhancing drugs that entered the fray and allowed people to build uh, big muscles without having to challenge their bodies in the same way that they did in the past. Right. I think that was that's part of it. Because they chemically manipulated their their yes, body, yes, in, in order to produce a different look. And, and 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 at first, it was trying to mirror that look of what you know the Arnold era. They were like really kind of promoting. Although I'm sure mm-hmm. you know that was slowly creeping in at that point. Uh, but then it really got exaggerated once science sort of evolved and people started understanding more, you know, hormonally what they could do to manipulate the process. And then therefore the training uh, somewhat, I think has been less of a priority at that point, right? Training, if you take body, you take a bunch of pro bodybuilders routines and a bunch of pro physique uh, athletes routines, put them up on the, on the freaking, uh, you know, on the wall, mix them up. Uh, you would you you would look at them all and be like they all look the fucking same. Really, there's no different concept. There's no different. The training has not become a priority anymore. It's I got to train, I got to lift and get a good pump, mm-hmm. and then I got to watch my diet. Right. There's they, they, it's not about you know there's no major difference because um it, uh, basically because they're they're just worried about uh, well again, either, like, either that or they take one single concept that's popular and they throw it in there and they decide that, that this is the you know. The, and that's either intensity, you know, they're going right. to, it's intense, like through the roof or, you know, uh, like your FST, your fascia, getting into fascia training and st- stuff like that. You know, they'll take right. one gimmick that's out there and they'll I- I- integrate it into a regular body right. spar- body part split. I think that's a great point because even you mentioned CrossFit, I think that was one component that uh, they, str- you know, people had strayed from for a long time, the intensity and the, the compound lifts that really were exhaustive. And they took it to that level where let's combine the most exhaustive way to train and then add conditioning and then add all these things at, at once. At the same time. So you just beat <laughs> yeah. the fuck out of you. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas, you know, you see bodybuilders in the gym sort of, um, I mean, they're there all day mm. and they're just, they're just, you know, getting through their pump, getting mm. through their pump and sitting down. Well, look, through their pump. everything in the machines are all based on sitting down. Yeah. You got, we got, let's, we got to be very clear here. Okay. Uh, it's not said enough, but muscles that are too big, even if they're strong, take away from function. Okay. So when bodybuilders got fucking massive, 
when you've got guys that are 270 pounds in the gym, it's better for him to do small, isolated pumping movements because he or she can't do the other big movements too often because they get hurt. Shit breaks, shit rips. Right. Take a big pro bodybuilder. I take a lot of them, have him run down the street. He'll pull something or she'll hurt something or they, they lose a lot of function because of that immense size. Now, uh, and most well, people don't want to even look like that anyway. Yeah. You know, most people don't really want to look that. Most people want to look really muscular, um, but also want to be able to perform. Well, it becomes least- a priority, right? It's, it's like, I just want to look a certain way. So therefore, the Smith machine makes sense to me. Yeah. Right? No. And I'll just, you know, increase my volume. At that point, right, and, and and then I don't have to worry so much about the impact uh, that you know the weight is going to apply to my joints right. and everything because I've probably compromised you know my tissue. And incidentally, you know, here's the thing too. Incidentally, if you want to look a particular way and you really don't give a shit about performance, and you're especially if you're natural or you're for the average person, uh, you're better off not training that way either. I mean, let's be honest. You're oh. also better off. Focusing some of your training on some of the functionality, or or taking the concepts of things we talk about, well, like frequency of training, and you know targeting e- particular muscles. Everybody is. I mean, yeah. even myself, who uh, I'm Mister Bodybuilder guy, and say that oh, I, you know, all I care about is how I look, and I know I, I press right. that issue a lot. But you also will find me in the gym with Justin on Fridays a lot, doing functional movements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't talk a lot about it because you know I I'm geared and focused more on aesthetics, but does not mean for one minute that I neglect the importance of that that a lot of these guys do and that's so important. It's actually reflecting in your physique a lot now too. Well, it's it's so important it's important for functionality. I mean, at the end of the day, like yeah, I I I and I joke like I said about all I care about is looking that way, but no, let's be honest. If I looked amazing but I couldn't fucking walk or jog down the street and I couldn't do anything, I mean, that'd be pretty worthless. But for me is my main focus is always aesthetic, but I need to still be able to do those things and, you know, learning to listen to your body and learning how to incorporate that into a routine. So even if you are, you know, an aesthetic driven person, if you're neglecting routines that are performance driven or functionality driven, you're silly. You're missing out. You're you're missing out on on growth and your and development in your physique, even if it's not your main focus or just 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 exercises that you're lacking. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you're not doing overhead presses with a barbell standing properly. Right. You know, if you're not doing, uh, I don't, you know, and, and, and that's, let's stick on that. Let's talk about that for a second. I don't see very many people doing standing Nobody does. barbell shoulder presses. I'm the only fucker in my gym no. that does it. Everybody does it seated <clears throat> yeah. and they go down to what, 90 degrees. You know, they, they bring their elbows out wide. They go to 90. You don't see very many people yeah. bring the bar all the way down to the upper chest, press it up properly like an Olympic lifter would with the head coming forward. So you're now you're not teaching your body to, to properly stabilize overhead weight. Right. Overhead load. Right. Right. So when are you going to so lift something over your head when you're sitting down? Signal away yeah. from your body. Exactly. So you're not going to be able to recruit to to stabilize it. So you're going to you're going to have the guys in there with the weight belt for everything they do, because yeah, you are going to be compromised because of the way the pattern of your training. You know, like I feel like it, people like they stray away from that fact that it's really it's in the training. It's what you're doing that. Oh my god. Well, yeah. Well, that hurts my back. Yeah, it's because you're not incorporating that into your program. You, you're funny you said that, Adam. You told a story about how you used to shoulder press. Yeah, no, I was, and, uh, and you couldn't do it standing because it hurt your back, and well, it was all about how you did it. It's a perfect example right here. So, uh, you know, because all of our certifications that we got as kids or young men growing up through the fitness industry, um, all would recommend 
that you train your clients to where they come to 90 degrees. Yeah, where the elbows bend at 90 degrees, yeah, right, that, when you that, shoulder press. So, I mean, so I know there's people listening right now, and if you're a trainer, I'm sure you've seen this in some of your certifications to this day. So just like all of you guys, I'm looking at this going like, okay, this is proper form and technique, and this is how I train my train clients. So I train that way. But in, in, in all reality, the reason why the certification has put it in there is because they the certification knows that probably, well, not probably, for sure, 80% of your clientele is a middle-aged man or woman that's out of, out of shape and deconditioned, yeah, deconditioned yeah. and, they, and they can't take a weight all the way down and all the way up like that. So then you just we just continue to perpetuate the problem by shortening their range of motion up at 50 degrees. So I taught myself that way. That's how I would train. And then when I got smart and realized how silly that was and like, oh my God, I'm not in training this correctly. And I'd do standing overhead presses, or even if I did seated, I would bring it all the way down to my chest and up, and I'd feel this crazy stress in my low back. But that's also too because I had not trained my body on how to properly press that way. When I get a head, a weight all the way over my over my head, I wasn't bringing my head forward as I press and elevate over. You weren't was, getting good was, scap. You weren't getting scapular retraction. No, I wasn't retracting the scapula. What I was doing was I was looking up at the bar as I pressed it because it was the natural thing to do. As you press, you look up as you're pressing over your head, but for safety and for proper form and technique, that's not how you do it. So it took me a long time before I No, no, that's a great point too. You know, when you're doing shoulder presses, a lot, uh, if you feel like you can't get your arm real straight up above your head, uh, a lot of times it has nothing to do with the shoulder. It has everything to do with your scapula, not yeah. retracting back. You need to, you need to work on that. You need to work on your range of motion to, yes. to properly get in good positioning so you can get your body under the weight. Yeah, if you're listening right now and you've been working out for a while and you don't have a major shoulder injury and you're thinking, oh, I can't go all the way down, that hurts my shoulder, you've got a muscle imbalance. And it's all because you haven't gone all the way down. And what you need to do is get really lightweight and start training in that real good full range of motion. Find a way to move within it properly the way we're discussing. Maybe go online, look up how to do you know proper Olympic overhead press. Um, and uh, it makes a huge difference. Well, you got to check your ego at the door too, because let me tell you, being somebody who could shoulder press two plates, you know, on a on a freaking either Smith machine or on a ninety degree bench, you know, at ninety degrees, and that's all you go to. When I do a standing or I had to start with the with two tens. Oh, and yeah. a 45, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Literally like 65, 75 pounds. I was pressing, going from 225 pounds, dropping all the way down because I was not used to that at all. So, and it's, uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm going through this whole process right now, too, with, with one of my clients that she was very focused on, you know, f- physique. And, and she went up to, to the on stage to, to do bikini, to do all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, just just what they taught her as far as limiting her range of motion. I'm working my way through all that stuff. And just the disconnect between the upper body, the torso, the lower body, there's no communication between uh, all three of those. Like it's, it's, it's all separated. And now if you, if you keep doing that, you're not going to have proper communication when you're actually doing something functional, when you're grabbing a box and lifting it overhead to put it up, like you're going to hurt yourself. Well, let's real quick define functional. We hear that term thrown around all the time, right? Yeah. What What does that mean? I mean, to me, when I've explained that to clients, um, it's being capable. Right. What I what I say to them is the strength gains and performance gains that you get in the gym translate to the real world. Right. Rather than a lot of people get stronger in the gym and they barely notice anything in the real world, or they hurt themselves doing some some mundane task. Like I've seen, I know of guys who could bench press three hundred pounds, do all this crazy stuff, and they'll go, uh, you know, lift the box, twist to put it up somewhere, and oh, I threw my back out. Yep. Like, wait a minute, you threw your back out? You freaking work out every day. How'd that happen? You lifted a 50-pound box. That should be that should be no problem. Right. That's exactly that's dysfunctional. 
Functional is uh, my performance in the gym uh, means I increase my performance yeah. outside the Walking gym. Walking around stiff with, with no fluidity, but, you know, it's just like it's so obvious to me how you train based on how you walk, how you stand, and how you sit. Mm. I can tell you right away how you train. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, well, also, uh, a lot of stuff that your basic movements, and especially in your body part splits that people do, bodybuilder world, uh, is is not functional because there's you stay in one plane all the time. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One plane. The body does not move in just one plane. You know so. what? Something you said, too, Adam, over the weekend that I found uh, that I've never really thought of, um, uh, and it, which is one of the reasons why I love hanging out with you guys when we get a chance, is uh, I learn things from you guys uh, all the time. You were talking about how you did a, it, you called it a staggered stance. It wasn't a complete staggered stance. It was it was like a partial staggered stance or one foot behind. Mm-hmm. When you're doing just your traditional basic exercises like a dumbbell curl or you know tricep press down or whatnot, and you alternate which foot was in front, which foot was back, and you had explained to me that it was to work on your balance and stability rather than always having your feet together. Made so much fucking sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Made so much sense to me. Oh, I've I've taught all my clients that now for years, and I don't. I couldn't even tell you where where I first got it from, but uh, I remember I used to have a challenge with um, getting my clients to do like a basic, simple movement, like a straight bar curl, and just getting them to to hold still, to not arch their back. I mean, and I'm talking about really bad people. So obviously, some people see it. You can teach them; it's a very basic movement. Mm-hmm. But you you guys remember those clients that. You know, just they just have no mind muscle connection. Well, if you think no, about it, it helps already immediately by staggering the stance with the lower back arch. Yes, right. It helps with the lower back arch. It automatically activate activates the core because the core now has to stabilize yourself in, the, in that that single stance. So right. I'm, so I'm, you're sending a signal. You're firing. You're engaged. Yep. So yeah. and, and it, it's kind of a it was kind of a trick for me to get my clients into good posture. Mm-hmm. And then I've always just done it too, where. If, if someone's very dominant on one side or the other, like so um, you guys can all practice this at home right now when you can stand on one leg, lift one leg up, and the side that you probably just did that on is probably the dominant side, the more natural. Now do that on the other side and see how stable you are. And most people have a really hard time yeah. standing for 15 or 30 seconds. Or on their, fall forward yeah. and see which leg comes first. Exactly, yeah. right? That's how you figure out their dominant one. So right. you, if you take a step forward, which one, or get pushed off a, a, off a ledge or whatever, off a small step or whatever, you'll see which one steps forward. But... The don- the non dominant one, um, I would put that my clients always with that foot forward. So if you're re- if it's really in balance and they they have a hard time balancing on that one leg, uh, that would be something that they they would just know they knew that anytime they train with me, anything we did standing that was a basic movement like a lateral lays, a bicep curl, a, sh- a sh- overhead sh- dumbbell shoulder press, anything I split stance. Yeah, because these the, and, I'm, and and I, uh, correct me if I'm interpret- interpreting this wrong, but the way I'm interpreting it is. The best way to use that would be for your standing, uh, kind of like your standing uh, uh, single joint type movements. Because if I'm doing, obviously, if I'm squatting, doing deadlift, stuff like that, you want your feet together, you want to drive through the floor, you want want to generate your power there. That's functional in that particular position. But you're talking about curls, side laterals. Yeah, pretty much any. I mean, I really incorporate it for sure, any single joint movements, 100%. And then I really, if I'm not trying to generate a lot of of power and stuff, if I'm working more hypertrophy phase, if I'm in that phase where I'm repping out 12, 15 reps, you know, if I'm doing, like you said, if I'm doing an overhead press with, uh, you know, with a straight bar and I'm, you know, trying to push some weight over my head, well, then obviously I'm going to get in in a standard stance so I can generate the most power to get over my head. But if I was just pressing some dumbbells over my head real light, I would even do that or a lateral raise or anything like that. I would put it in a go in a split stance, but definitely all bicep curl, tricep stuff, all that work. Um, 
just to, and to me, uh, if I can work on your posture, I can work on a little bit of core at the same time. I'm moving this simple because I mean, we, we know that touching the biceps and triceps, such a small, small movement. And that, that unfortunately a lot of people spend so much time on doing in the gym. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to make some, some use out of it for sure. Yeah. Getting, getting back to like, we were talking about what is functional, like, uh, if you also think about and, and Adam sort of mentioned like just being in one plane and then versus like multiple planes. So there's, there's a lot like there's as far as loading is concerned too. So you mentioned like the barbell squat and like having both feet down, um, you know, as far as loading too with a barbell, right. We, we know the benefit of that because it's in a symmetrical uh, fashion we're, we're we're spreading the load throughout the body. We're getting the whole body involved, uh, but there's also like unilateral loading and, and something that's a little more asymmetrical. So that Where actually you like hold a dumbbell or something on one shoulder, one shoulder. Right. Yeah. So that, I mean, tends to mimic real life situations, in my opinion, you know, even more because uh, you just don't have that sort of balance when it comes to load and then weight shifts. So if you grab something that like it's like a sack of potatoes or it's, you know, it's something really heavy it, uh, and it's and it, and it can move and shift. Uh, you know, you have to be able to react properly. Otherwise, that's another way that, like, potentially there, there could be injuries. Right. So that really the bulk of your strength comes from where you're pushing heavy weight and it's balanced. It has to be balanced because it's heavy, so you got a barbell, lots of weight. Bulk of your strength is going to come from, gains are going to come from that. But to integrate that strength into a way w- which your body can now trans- translate that strength into multiple planes, yes, you incorporate some of this unilateral off-balance kind of stuff. And this is where you com- you can combine them to produce uh, right. maximum strength that's also functional. Because, again, if you just did the unilateral stuff, you wouldn't get the benefit of the maximal strength from that heavy, big balance stuff. Right. But if you incorporate them together and you put it in a good program or programming, now you've got yourself. So I, exactly. I have, a, I have a funny nerdy fitness guy thing to admit that I do. Every time I go get dog food over at Petco and I pick up two. You uh, taste it? I, yeah, I do. <laughs> See how it is. <laughs> I, for the dogs, I, I pick up their two bags. Uh, I don't know. They're probably, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 pound bags. I don't know. They're the big bags, whatever those weigh. I have no idea. Have you even eaten those milk bones before? <laughs> no. Have I you ever eaten? I know people that I have. I totally them. have. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, it was awful. Wait, why did you eat a milk bone? I don't know. Some they college just bag. Each some other. college yeah, bag, of course. One of those things. Get drunk Dude, there's a lot of those weird things you eat just because, like, you got, like, oh, I the boys food. are, like, hyping you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, one time, one of my good friends. <laughs> We got him to eat this like huge praying mantis. Like he what the chopped fuck? the head off oh and it just ate it, and its like legs were like sticking oh. off. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. I was like, ah, and this huge like thorax and oh. God, that's disgusting. Yeah, we were all wanting to yak. Adam, what did you do with the dog ba- dogs? The, so, ba- the bags of dog food. I, that's, I get my unilateral training. I actually throw both bags oh, yeah, over one shoulder, over one there side, and I always get people that laugh at me or like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" Because of course they have carts in there that you could throw the carts in, but I always choose to go all the way back to the store, go grab my dog food, and I, then I'll stand there and I'll wait in line while I'm holding. You know on. what, dude? I do I do the same. Yeah. I do shit like that all the time. You know what I'll do? Yeah. I'll get like heavy objects that I can that I either I would need to wrap my arms around to lift yeah. but i'll grip them with one hand and see how long i can hold yeah. 
walk with them yeah. holding with one hand yeah. and then switch to the other. Every time I go to Costco, I just throw everything on me somehow and try and balance my way up to the house. <laughs> I, I just don't like to go back. I was like, I could get more. No, multiple trips are for pussies. That's yeah, true. exactly. Well, I saw, a meme, I, mean? I saw a funny meme that was a picture of like a guy like taking his groceries. And I know every one of you have done this when you get to the groceries and you like want one trip. That's it. So you're like yeah. holding on to like 16 bags. Oh, and, and, and that's each, me to the yeah. teeth. This is the main reason In why. my teeth and everything. That's the main reason why I got angry when they banned plastic bags. Because you could carry, oh, I could easier. carry a thousand plastic bags right. full of groceries. <laughs> Paper bags, you can't, they rip. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but before yeah. it was like, fuck yeah, I'll go ahead. Which I'll I know everyone else, that's happened to us too. One time, how many times have you tried to anyway, still with paper bags and the handle rips off? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and carry you, like eight of them. And the watermelons yeah. and all his apples are rolling down my driveway. <laughs> Shit! Get the red vines! Please subscribe to Mind Pump and leave us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.